another episode of the Detox Podcast, a culture and conversation podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. Come detox with Detox. I'm your host, Joe Sean. On today's episode, I had the absolute pleasure of speaking to Jarrett and Jerome Pumphrey, the brothers behind the incredible Link and Hud Heroes by a Hair book that was just released. It's a mixture of illustrate, graphic illustration and prose. It's a fantastic book for children everywhere. Yes, everywhere. And I just want to let you know a little bit about them before we get to today's episode. Jarrett and Jerome Pumphrey, the critically acclaimed brothers behind the award-winning picture book, The Old Truck, have now written and illustrated their first middle-grade graphic novel, Lincoln Hud, Heroes by a Hair, kicking off a new series based on their childhood together. Jarrett is an award-winning author-illustrator. He makes books for kids with his brother, Jerome. Their books include It's a Sign, Somewhere in the Bayou, The Old Boat, and their author-illustrator debut, The Old Truck, which received seven-starred reviews, was named the Best Book of the Year by Publishers Weekly, and received the Ezra Jack Keats New Author Honor. This particular book is incredible. These particular individuals are incredible. I had a fantastic conversation with them, and I cannot wait for you to hear the episode. But first, need to let you know that Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Empire Toys. Nostalgia is something everyone loves, and Empire Toys in Keller, Texas is on Nostalgia Overload. With toys and action figures from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today, Empire Toys is a one-stop shop for a trip down memory lane and a chance to reclaim what was once yours, but likely sold at a garage sale. Check out Empire Toys on Facebook, Instagram, or at TheEmpireToys.com. And by Self Unbound, your quality of life physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually is a direct reflection of the level of abundant energy, ease, and connection your nervous system has to experience your life. At Self Unbound, your nervous system takes center stage as they help unbind your limited healing potential through network spinal care. Access the first steps to your Unbound journey by following us on Facebook, Instagram, or at selfunbound.com. Now, without further ado, my interview with Jarrett and Jerome Pumphrey is right up after this. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. With me at this time, I'm very excited. I have the dynamic duo. Yes. No, not Batman and Robin, but might as well be as dynamic a duo as Batman and Robin because I've got Jarrett and Jerome Pumphrey. Jarrett, Jerome, how are the two of you doing tonight? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Yes, thanks for having us. <laughs> I'm excited to have you all on the show because... I, I have a brother, and I grew up as a sibling, and I've had my share of adventures that Lincoln Hud have in the book that we're going to discuss here in a moment, and I've had my share of, of um, um, not quite uh, WWE level, but close enough type of uh, uh, wrestling matches, right? And so some, some give and some take, and so the thought of continuing to partner with the sibling in such a meaningful way year over year is incredible to me. I'm fascinated by it, and I'm excited. Excited to to learn more about uh, y'all's journey and also about Lincoln Hud. Uh, Lincoln Hud. Um, I've got where is Lincoln Hud? Heroes by a hair. There it is. Heroes by a hair. I almost said heroes in a half shell. It's a different type of hero. Heroes by a hair. But before we get to that, um, if you're new to the Detox Podcast, what we like to do is we like to invite the listeners to detox from the world around them, get a window into how other people live their lives. And so I like to ask my guests a question right at the top of the episode. What are you detoxing from? And so, Jerome, I'll start with you. What are you currently detoxing from? And then we can kick it over to Jarrett. Sure. Um, That's a great question. Um, I think recently it's it's actually been detoxing from social media and the uh the pressure of being present on social media um even though you know releasing a book is not the best time to do that <laughs> <laughs> but but that's what um i've done i i find it it frees up creative energy and um it feels like it's good for mental health i uh I would echo that real quick before I pass it over to you, Jared. I find for myself, um, 
uh, in that same vein, a bit of pressure of, ooh, I need to do more. Uh, ooh, I need to... It's almost like a virtual peeking over the fence to see what the person next door is doing. Like, oh, yeah. they got the digital equivalent of a shiny new car. What am I doing wrong? And it's like, no, we're all on our own journey. And when I do take a break, I find that the creative juices start to flow. I give myself a little bit of, of a break. And when I don't feel that pressure to sort of keep up, then I find some of my best ideas or at least to me, my best ideas start coming at that point. So I completely empathize with that. Uh, Jared, how about you? What are you currently detoxing from? Um, yeah, I am right there with y'all on that. I would say sort of related. We, we've had the busiest year, year and a half of creative work um, ever. Really, it's been it's been awesome. You know, I'm I'm really grateful for all the work we've been able to get. On the one hand, on the other hand, though, I found myself sort of all consumed with it, and it's been kind of a nonstop. I don't want to call it a grind. I enjoy it, you know, but it's just been a lot. It's been a lot of work, and it hasn't left a lot of room for a lot of other life. And so, I have two boys who are. Uh, one's about to be 14, one's almost 16. They're in this sort of phase of their lives where, you know, they want to go do stuff and and be active and be out there. And so sort of reengaging with them when I can, trying to trying to make the most of the time I do have um, and finding finding space to really fit that time in. Um, where I might take it for granted before. Now I really have to make sure I get it in there and things are getting better with work. You know, we're finishing projects and freeing up time, but that's what I find myself sort of consciously trying to make time to re-engage with my boys, my wife, and just live life outside of work. Yes. I, uh, completely, uh, empathize that I'm taking my, uh, so, I guess by the time folks are listening to this, it will have already happened, but I'm taking my whole family. We're going to Disney World for the first time ever, and it's a trip that we've been trying to do since pre-COVID, I would say, right? And then it's at the point where it's like, we've been delaying it this reason, that reason, this reason, that reason, and finally we just have to be like, you know what, look, if we want to do this and we want to have a time, like core family time, we just got to do it. And like, you know, of course things are like, what about this project? What about this medium? What about this? What about that? It's like, they're good reasons. And so yeah. we just have to be like, no, we're not going to do that right now. That can wait or that can go to someone else. Or I just have to accept that this is not going to be me right now. And that's, I'm prioritizing family. And it's hard to do sometimes because you're like, oh, wait a minute. What about, oh, let me, let me, let me grab that. Right. Let me, let me do that project. But there'll always you be another project in, in some yeah, ways. You don't want to, you don't want to miss out. Right. You're worried about missing out. And I, and I just had to learn, I'm not going to miss out. And if I miss out, oh, well, it'll come again later or right. another opportunity to be right there. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Jerome, let me go to you and talk about some of the origins of the two of you working together. I know the first book y'all y'all authored, "Creepy Things Are Scaring Me," right? That's the the first book uh, that y'all authored uh, together. So, what was it? Um, sort of early days uh, coming to create creative projects. What was that like for for you specifically, and maybe both of y'all together? And then what ended up leading to the opportunity for creepy things are scaring me. Yeah, that's, um, it's really fun to talk about that. So we were very young when we started working together creatively. And I think um, the, the real story would be first doing it by ourselves. So I always loved drawing since I was, you know, since I could hold a pencil <laughs> and um in, in school, I would draw comic books or make up characters and, and uh, you know, put them on the walls. And it was just very creative. And then Jarrett, at the same time, was um, he was also creative with art and with writing was really what he leaned into. And so at some point when we were in grade school, we were just grade school age, Jarrett was writing his stories. And we went to this small private school that kind of allowed us to, um, it, it wasn't a very formal setting. And we were able to collaborate across grades, even though Jared's about a year and a half older than me. And so uh, the, the first opportunity to collaborate, I think, was he was doing some creative writing and uh, wrote this whole series of stories. And I got to draw some illustrations for it. And um, 
it was uh, this character he came up with, or we came up with it together. Yeah. Called Wonder Willis. Um, my my first name is actually Willis, and so we and I go by Jerome because it's I'm a third. I'm Willis Jerome Pumphrey the third. Cool. And you know, so the parents we went with the middle name the whole time. Um, but anyways, that character was a superhero. There was a whole world built around him, and I just remember um, drawing characters, drawing um, environments, and I guess we thought we were going to make a whole comic book. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, Jerry, you can tell the other part of that. You you probably know it a little better than me. Yeah, no, I mean you're doing a good job covering it. We um we you know we have two other brothers. I'm a, I'm a twin, actually. I have a twin brother and we have a younger brother. And we were all pretty creative. Our parents really encouraged it um, and supported it. Uh, but for whatever reason, Jerome and I clicked creatively and collaboratively. We we really worked well together. Not to say we didn't we didn't have our our upsets with each other, you know, four boys, um, you know, fights and upsets. It's bound to happen. Uh, but we connected creatively. And and so um, we kept it going. And in those early days, yeah, it was a lot of just fun projects. And um, our school was really supportive. Our teachers were supportive of it. And so um, we did that. And and I I was leaning into the words. And I still I still feel more comfortable to this day with the words than I, I do with the, the drawings. Um, Jerome is it's much stronger. That's really his lane, and he he helps me along the way. And and we've worked out a process in in making our books that allows me to participate uh, in the visual storytelling part uh, because we do both like both sides of the process so much. So uh, anyway, but it was Jerome's idea. It was completely Jerome's idea to write a picture book, our first book. We had been working creatively together, writing stories. And then Jerome comes home one day and he's got a big stack of books. And turns out he asked our mom to take him to Barnes and Noble, or maybe it was Borden. Borden's no, book. It was a Barnes and Noble in, in Noble. Sugarland, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Lone Star um, State right there. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, he comes home with this, the stack of books and this idea, we're going to make a picture book. I'm like, okay, let's do it. And we wrote creepy things are scaring me. And then uh, Jerome illustrated a dummy book for that. And that was back in the days where you could, you could drop a package in the mail, go straight uh, to a publisher. Yeah. And they might actually look at it and publish it. And from what I understand, that doesn't happen much these days. Um, but was this early two thousands? Is that, is that, am I getting that timeline correct? Yeah, I think that's about right. Well, I think it was probably, 98 or 99 okay. when we actually wrote this and and put it in the mail gotcha um but it was a time period where i you know it was like four years later when the book came out that was how long it took the illustrator you know to, to attach an illustrator and get the book into the world gotcha um yeah okay yeah. gotcha so they did they had to find another illustrator we didn't get to illustrate that jerome didn't get to illustrate that um but it was great. It was it's, it's a good experience. We learned a lot from it. And um, we were young at the time. And I think our expectations for for what would happen from writing a single picture book and getting published were a lot grander than reality. Um, <laughs> I, I expected to be rich and famous. I know that. Um, uh, but that didn't happen. So we ended up having to pursue other other endeavors and uh, we tried to get more books published, but at the time that just wasn't working out. So we ended up kind of taking other paths. And I, I started a couple businesses, um, doing video games and other things. And Jerome did other creative endeavors, ended up at Disney. And it would be 20 years later before we got back to books. That's wild. So in that period of time, that the sort of 20 year uh, pause or 20 year. Um, this is what I, I, I want to, I want to just like pause for a moment and say, I think it's so interesting how, so the theme of the podcast this year is reconnection. And so mm -hmm. reconnection can mean a variety of different things. I have chosen to look at it because it's, um, because I'm thinking about it through my own lens, but I've chosen to, to see reconnection as sort of a revisiting of, of prior circumstances, but with new information. And so I think it's so interesting that it's sort of, you had this incredible experience where you're able to put a book out into the world and then 
you go off and have new learnings, new adventures, new skills that you're building, and then you get the opportunity to reconnect and come back and 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 do this do this again. So now, 20 years later, Jerome, how do how does sort of those first couple of opportunities come to y'all? Because you had what uh, the the old truck, um, and then it's a sign. And so how did some of these opportunities come to y'all at this point? And even 20 years later, like how did, like, what's the story yeah. on the 20 years? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you um, one thing. I think the real beginning of this was um, for me, again, I'm sharing my viewpoint. We, we did stay, you know, it was always in the back of our mind that we might do another book maybe separately or, you know, we were just always creative. So we were always fiddling with something creatively. Um, but actually when I was 34, I found myself in the opportunity of um, either, basically I didn't have a job. So I was gonna go back into the area that I knew, which was project management or pursue what, you know, was a passion when I was younger, which was, um, you know, the art of making books. And, and and I decided to do that. So um, I actually enrolled in school, in design school, as a 34-year-old person going back to school to learn graphic design. Um, and, you know, I didn't know if that would lead to me doing books as a profession. And that's just some, a way I could support myself. But I did know it was fun. And I wanted to do what I enjoyed doing at, at that stage in life. So... Yeah, that was, I think that was one ingredient that was very key to this. And then the other thing was Jared and I finally lived back in the same geographic area. Um, I, I moved back to Texas. And uh, the, the real thing that kicked off writing books was I was driving to his house. And I saw an old truck out in a field in Texas. Uh, so this is a drive from Houston to Austin. And um, I saw this old truck sitting out in the field and that just inspired me, gave me an idea of a visual story that you could tell around a truck that was sitting in the field. Like, how did it get there? All these interesting questions around that entered my mind. And I, as soon as I got to his house, I shared that with him. I was like, I have an idea about a children's picture book. Um, and I just told him about how that wasn't, you know, an image that was really evocative to me. It brought you know, it made me imagine things. And then Jared took it off from there. And, and um, Jared, why don't you share how we developed that into our first illustrated book? Yeah, so I love the idea. Um, specifically, he came with a, this visual element of having this old truck on the same, in the same place on every spread in the book. And so the idea visually was you would see this story of change happen but you would see this truck as sort of the constant. And so we'd see the world from the truck's perspective. We knew neither of us wanted to write a book about a truck that was alive or something like that. We wanted to write, you know, a story. Ultimately it was a story about family because that's where my head went. It was like, what, what's the family story who owns this truck? And imagine how much change in the family, something like a truck that can exist for 50, 60 years and, and be in a place, imagine that sort of change they could see. And that's where it kind of really popped off. We were like, yeah. And we started looking at our, our family and our story and, and having a personal connection to the story, all the stories so far in any way has, has really helped us to really get in the right frame of mind. So that's what happened. We started connecting dots and we started coming up with a story. It's a multi-generational story in the old truck. And we see, we really see it's called the old truck and the text even refers to an old truck. Um, like it opens with, you know, on a small farm, an old truck worked hard. Well, we see this truck there, um, but we also see this family there in the background and around the truck. And guess what they're doing? They're also working hard. And then we see, you know, it worked long and then oh, the seasons change and the family grows older. And so spread by spread, we see this great passage of time happening, the family changing and growing. And uh, 
yeah, it was kind of a special book. It is a special book. I, we, you know, it, it, I think we knew it was special when we were making it. I don't know that we recognized everything we've since, you know, everyone has told us what they got out of the book. And since, you know, that kind of stuff, it's hard to separate that from what we knew in hindsight, but, um, but yeah, that was kind of what did it. That, that book sort of launched several other projects, um, because it was just so well received. You know, it, um, man, that it just, we're going to get into Lincoln HUD. Um, that part just like gave me goosebumps because I'm thinking about how so many, um, things in our life are ever present of so many different memories for us, for others, and to, to take an item like a truck that's all that's there in that same spot and be able to show the passage of time and that family dynamic is incredible. I think about, uh, so I got my undergrad degree in, in theater and one of the uh, plays that I studied as part of, you know, one of the classes was this play uh, called The Dining Room by A.R. Gurney. And it um, the premise of it is 18 scenes with different families across the generations over um, at the dinner table. And the, the idea is that this dining room set is sort of made its way into all of these different families. And so you it's a slice of life at every given um, given instance. So I, I think about that because it is just this object that is uh, present and aware of all these interesting and impactful moments for families. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. And it's incredible. So, so if you're listening to this and you're like, what am I going to get uh, my friend's kid or my kid or myself? I think you've got several recommendations already, uh, but the, the old truck uh, should be at the top of the list. So pause the podcast, go get it, and then come back and listen to the rest. Is my, uh, this is my interjection um, for that. Um, now, I, want, I do want to shift gears because what's fascinating to me, so we've talked a lot about picture books and we've talked a lot about prose and illustration. And then in Lincoln HUD, it literally is a blending of prose and illustration. And I've not really seen that done before. So Jarrett, let me start with you and say, how did, first of all, how did this idea come about? Um, Mm -hmm. And then how did you and Jerome sort of arrive at this decision to have sort of this blend in the book um, to make a complete story in this way? Yeah, so the idea, the idea to do a book about two brothers, that actually came from our editor. We were working on, I think, somewhere in the bayou or the old, since the old truck, honestly, he's been talking to us about how he kind of always, he's always had this idea of making a book about brothers. And here he was working with two brothers <laughs> who make a book about brothers. So. <laughs> He threw it out there a couple times and then and then finally we got to a place where we we'd finished the picture books that we had signed on to make and we were looking at what projects would come next and he brought it up again and and we thought about it and we we were like well if we do a book about brothers it's obviously gotta be about us or at least heavily inspired by us sure. it felt a little too weird to to write a story that was just straight autobiography. You know, I don't know if I could write a few hundred pages about a character named Jarrett, at least unless it's a memoir or something, you know? <laughs> um, but so we changed, we changed the names of the boys, but, but pretty much, uh, and some of the circumstances and, 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 and the events that happen in the book are, are heavily inspired by not everything actually happened to us, but it's so close to, to life, real life. Our dad, actually, he just read it and he called us, uh, he called me, he talked to Jerome before he talked to me about it, but he was just telling me how much, you know, the spirit of it is actually true to life. Like it is, it is, you know, in spirit, it's what we lived. And there's, there's some moments in it, the opening scene in the book where the, they have these boys and they think they're, you know, they have very active imaginations. They're very imaginative and that's how they sort of interact with the world. And there's usually consequences related to that. So in the opening scene that they're in the Himalayas looking for a Yeti or Yetis. And, you know, some of the sensibility we brought over from the picture books we had made is, is sort of 
how important the page turn is. And so we knew we were going to tell the imagination sequences with pictures and the graphic panels, like a graphic novel style sort of story. And then we're going to turn the page to the prose chapters. And we usually do that with a full spread reveal of what actually is happening in the real world. The prose chapters are the real world. And so it turns out they're not in the mountains, in the snowy mountains. They are in the garage and they've opened up all these bags of packing peanuts <laughs> and packing peanuts are everywhere and they're playing in them like they're the snow and and their their dad is there. He was the Yeti in the opening scene and uh, uh, he's there wondering what in the world they're doing. So, we, you know, we had a lot of fun with that sort of element in the book, sort of bringing over what we understood from our work in picture books so far. You know, we'd never, we'd never made a graphic novel. This is our first long form book, our first novel or chapter book or anything like that. So it was like, we sat down, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? And we really we started by reading, we'd read some middle grade chapter books, but sure. we didn't really know everything that was out there. Um, we'd even read some books that are hybrids that use graphic novel style elements in them. Um, nothing quite like what we're doing, but you know, it, it's it's still, the the one priority we had was we read some of those books and we're like, we just have to make sure it's not boring. Hmm. <laughs> Because this category of books, you know, it can have some books in it that are, are just, you know, there's some great books, some fantastic books, but then there are some books that are boring. And we found it beneficial to read both of these, yeah. the books we liked, the books we didn't like, so we'd know what we wanted to make. And what we ended up making was something that we wanted to be fast paced. We wanted to have a lot of pictures in it. Um, and we knew we wanted to have some way to show the shared reality of these brothers. Like when we were growing up, we, we'd sort of live in our own world, so to speak. And yeah. our parents were outside of that yeah. and we're doing our thing. And if, if we were, you know, make believe in we were on, on the moon or something, and then there was some fallout related to that, our parents weren't in on the story. And so how can we, how can we show that in this, this book? So we chose it with chapters that are graphic novel style and then chapters that are illustrated prose. And we put those together and, and it results in some great page turns and some great reveals that I think add to some of the funniest moments in the book. Really. Yeah, I would agree with that. It, um, it reminded me in some ways of when, when I was growing up, I watched, um, I watched Doug, the cartoon, and it started out on Nickelodeon and then morphed over to Disney. And, and uh, I was a bigger fan when it was on Nickelodeon but you know you didn't hear that from me it's not like anybody's listening to this right I think we're I think we're in the clear um but I would say in in that show right there's so many times where he's like a private eye or he's a superhero or he's this that and the other and I got some of that sense of vibe because I would use his inspiration to go off and have my own adventures with myself or with my brother and so when reading Lincoln Hut I was like okay that same spirit of like this is adventure we're in our own world active imagination and there's fallout that no one is aware of the adventures that's happening over here it was incredible um jerome what was it like for you approaching the 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 feel the illustrative feel of this particular this particular book and jared mentioned that y'all hadn't done graphic novel style before so how did you approach uh that particular style shifting over from the picture books y'all were doing to this one yeah well that that was an experiment um to to figure it out um, sort of like Jared said, we had to first nail down what the format of the book was going to be. And, uh, you know, after those discussions happened and we knew there was going to be this shared world that was like fully a graphic novel, you know, i.e. a comic book, <laughs> I knew that I was going to have to draw a uh, comic style. And, um, and, and the truth is I, I've drawn that way, um, from my, my day job, I would draw storyboards and it was all line art and there'd be dynamic poses and, you know, essentially comic book style. So that was a starting point. So I was like, okay, great. Let's um, design these characters and, and see how this is going to work. And um, that's, that's what we did was we took the first two chapters, which were written pretty early on, 
and we did sort of a proof of concept like that this is a comic book chapter and then i i did the panels and um right away first pass it was like this is pretty cool i think this would this this would look good as a full book and we shared that with the editor with simon and um it, it liked it right away and we're like great that's that's the solution and um then the book just had to be written <laughs> yeah i i want to know um because this is this is if i'm if i'm not mistaken this is the the first in a series is that correct is that the the intention of it yeah okay i'm getting some head nods that's good um half the time i you know we're having a conversation here and i'm like all right we're it's still a podcast i gotta uh, yes we're all <laughs> nodding our heads here right um i i like to do this uh which is air quotes and i'm narrating for those that are listening because because it uh, they're not seeing the visual part of it so anyways um but so this is the first in a series so i say that point to to then come back to the question of what was, um, and Jordan, let me start here with you. What was your maybe f- um, both favorite moment in, in creating this book? Um, and then also maybe something that uh, was, was uh, an interesting challenge uh, that you weren't uh, quite expecting. And then Jared, I'll, I'll ask you the same question. Sure. Um, so first thing was favorite moment, right? So right. I, I think my, yeah, my favorite thing was, um, Honestly, at the end, <laughs> it was when the book was done. And um, so it had our hands on it, but it also had the art director and the editor and and it came together. And I saw, you know, I was excited to read it. This it, with picture books, it's kind of like my own child. Like I had hands all over everything and I feel like I really controlled exactly how that book looks and and feels this one felt like more of a collaboration so i could be like pleasantly surprised at oh wow this looks really cool or even reading the text that jared wrote and i i told him you know how incredible i think um the writing is it's it's uh, he told the story in a way that wouldn't have occurred to me naturally um all all of the different ways like there's all this texture from the prose to the graphic novel panels, and uh, it's a pleasant experience for me as a reader. So that that was my favorite thing was being, you know, getting to see this final product and uh, being proud of it. Um, as far as challenges, this was probably um, I, I think it's the most challenging book that I've done because it was 240 some odd pages of illustrations. Um, that I was doing all by my lonesome. <laughs> and <laughs> so there was no splitting that up. Like I had to start and, and do it all and, and finish. And it was a little bit of an accelerated timeline, which I'd heard about before. You know, we've got other author illustrator friends that do graphic novels and um, it's very, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot of, um, it's very intense work. So I got to experience that. And I got to a point where I think the timetable was three spreads a day. So that's three, um, you know, graphic novel spreads, which I know some people are like, they don't do that really fast. For me, I was like working to get those three spreads done. Um, So that was my challenge. It was, um, you know, approaching a new art style and, in a volume that I've never done, never produced that before, and um, meeting the the publishing schedule. <laughs> that's really, yeah. that's really interesting. Jared, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I didn't help. I didn't help him very much. Uh, part of the reason he was so crunched for time is because I took it all right in the book. <laughs> <laughs> this was, it was, you know, it was tough. It was, this was new for us. Our and our editor. He was so understanding um, and so patient with us, but you know the book was supposed to come out this 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 year or maybe even you know fall of last year, and so we got a we got a little bit of time to figure it out. And he knew we were trying to figure it out. Um, I hope that in the end, um, I I believe that we delivered something a little bit beyond what we originally were uh, expected to produce. Uh, 
and and I'm proud of it. Just the, the same as Jerome. Um, it's it turned out really well, and they and the team there they did such a great job packaging it up, and and I think kids are going to love it. So I'm you know it was it was all around challenging figuring out the pacing. You know, Jerome and I we talk about the story the same way we do with all our books. Before we figure out what the story uh, what the story is, the story arc, what the major beats are who the characters were going to be in the story. Like we knew, I knew all of that from our discussions beforehand, what we were going to go into. What I didn't fully appreciate before that I have more understanding and appreciation for now is connecting those beats. That is the work. That is the work of telling a story. Like everyone's got ideas and having ideas is, is part of it it's really a very small part of it um and it's hard to recognize that it was hard for us to recognize or me to recognize that on a picture book because a picture book is so short and all our picture books they're like 100 to 200 words we're very minimal with our text anyway we let the pictures do a lot of the heavy lifting and the story um this the the text rather and the pictures work together with a novel or even a graphic novel, there's just a lot more text and a lot more story to convey to the reader um, across the pages. So yeah, that that's the challenge. Book two is going to be a whole lot easier because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we learned so much. The book, yeah. the first book was, was, was tougher, but book two should be much easier. We've already, already making progress on that. So, um, and it, it just came out really well now did you want to know the best part of the book yeah well i want to know your favorite part in creating the book oh favorite part in creating the book right yeah for me it was digging into our story and really really um figuring out how to take that take inspiration from that and inject it into this into this book we lived some great childhood some really fun adventurous childhoods and and our parents were really supportive miss joyce miss joyce is the babysitter in lincoln hud she is a bit of their arch nemesis in the book miss joyce is a very real person she was our babysitter growing up we kind of pulled her straight out of reality and put her in the book um we never got up to quite as much trouble as lincoln hud um and we certainly never got her fired um but we did we did spend plenty of time out in the bathroom and and we uh we uh yeah it was it was good but it's that kind of thing like really digging into those stories those memories talking to Jerome about it talking to our other brothers about it and really that was a lot of fun yeah uh that's incredible. Thank you both for sharing that. As we're gonna, as we're getting ready to wind down, let me let me pose one final. So, so again, I would say before I pose this final question. Uh, so, uh, listener, you've got uh, the old truck in your hand. You've ordered it. You've gotten it delivered, or perhaps you've gone and and patroned, uh, patroned, uh, um, um, gone and been a patron of. I don't know. I'm not the one with words. I, I am the one that speaks. Um, uh, I've gone to your local independent bookstore and have purchased the book. You have it in hand. You've read it to your family now uh you need to purchase lincoln hud uh we've got links in the show notes so uh, link huh not even intentional there um and then you can get the book it is out now by the time you're listening to this and uh get it get one for yourself and friends and and everybody that you know so that's that's the uh the plug right there as well i don't know what you're doing if you're listening to this and you haven't bought it what are you doing just do it just do it shades of shia labeouf who maybe not but Anyways, that's that's a deep cut. If anybody's aware of that. Anyway, so so now I would say as we're winding down, Jerome, let me ask you, and then I'm gonna go to Jarrett. If someone is listening to this um, and they want to get started illustrating, what would be some advice you would like to give them? Okay, um, some advice. Well, you know, it really depends where they are on that journey. Um, but what I think was very helpful for me was one uh drawing every day and um finding an outlet to share it i shared mine on social media um even if i didn't think it was something that would go in a book and i just did that and i'll tell you what was successful about that is one 
it made me confront whether or not, um, you know, if I wasn't willing to show it to people, how was I ever going to put it in a book and ask people to pay for it? Um, right. So it it had me get um, my own confidence in my work as just as just a first step. So um, I, I would recommend that. And also the act of drawing every day is is just kind of what it takes to build up that skill. Um, and and that, that's advice I would give. The, the other thing that was that was very helpful for me was what I shared earlier about um, following my my dream, you know, at 34, deciding to go to design school to learn more about it. Yeah. And uh, I would recommend that to anyone that, that's interested in it. Very cool. Thank you, Jerome. Jared, if someone is wanting to uh, start writing, right, perhaps they're mm -hmm. a young, uh, a young, a young person, uh, I almost said a young lad, a young person right? Or perhaps an older person or anyone in between and they want to get started writing. What is some advice that you would like to give them? Uh, <clears throat> my advice would be to, uh, to read. Okay. If you want to write, you should, you should probably read, um, read as much as you can. Um, we both read a lot and we try to, we try to read what, you know, what is currently being written mm. and, uh, just to get a good indicator of what's currently being published. If that's your goal, if you want to get published, you want to see what's out there, right? If you want to just write though, just write and you could keep a journal um, and no one has to read it. And it really is just sort of do it, just write. I, for years, I wanted to be a writer and that was that was me in that gap. You know, I was pursuing other things and in the back of my mind, I wanted to be a writer. And, and, you know, it finally occurs to me one day when Jerome and I are back in Texas and we're talking, if I want to be a writer, I need to write. <laughs> so um, read and then write and just write, write, write. It might not be good. That doesn't matter. The more you do it, the better you'll get. That's right. That's right. I love it. Well, uh, this has been fantastic. Thank you both for sharing that. We're going to shift to the final segment of the episode, segment I like to call Things to Check Out, where I provide a recommendation of something to read, watch, and or listen to for the guests, and I invite for the listeners, and I invite my guests to do the same. So I'll go ahead and go first. So some recommendations of some things that I am currently consuming. Um, uh, this book, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, graphic novels a little bit. So I picked up Batman 89. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that that has come out. So it was created uh, as an attempt to be sort of a, a would-be sequel to Batman Returns. So it takes place in the in the Burtonverse, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. And the storyline is Billy D. Williams's Harvey Dent. So not just any old Harvey Dent, but specifically Billy D. Williams's Harvey Dent becomes Two-Face. And it acts out um, sort of the, the project that was kicked around at the time, which is Billy D. Williams became Two-Face. Um, one of the Waynes brothers becomes Robin. And it's really a, a discussion of of wealth inequity in Gotham City at this time. Robin is coming from the the not great part of town and, and joins Batman. Then Billy D. Williams is trying to help the the aspect of Gotham where he came from, but is now in a position of power as district attorney, but then gets scarred. And so, you know, the, the Batman Two-Face has an interesting additional dynamic to it as well. So I recommend that. That um, sounds great. Yes, it's really great. And I got to be honest, I started reading it after I saw the Flash trailer where Michael Keaton made an appearance. So my nostalgia <laughs> was kicked into high gear. I found this through a Google search because it pushed it to me because the algorithm knows me all too well. So I snapped it up. So yes, um, but I recommend that. Uh, podcasts, also, I do enjoy Batman. There's two really great ones. If people aren't aware, I'm I'm a audio drama junkie. I love the old school radio style. Anything that is a radio audio drama, I love. Um, but I just finished listening to Batman Unburied on Spotify, which has, uh, what is his name? I am going to kick myself. I've got it right here. Winston Duke plays Batman. He's fantastic. Does an incredible job. Um, that is a very serious, not for kids show, I would say. And then there's also the Batman audio adventures, which were done on HBO max, but you can also listen to them on anywhere. There's podcasts where Jeffrey Wright plays Batman. So it's some kind of, that one's a little bit sillier, but also has some serious elements. So it's a nice little, um, blend if you like those. And then show I've, um, I've been rewatching black lightning, which was on CW and is now you can watch on Netflix. I think that show 
while it took place in some of the other universes of the CW superhero shows, um, had a more interesting commentary on the dynamics of superheroes and politics and um, privilege. There's an interesting discussion that I don't think we're getting enough of in a lot of these um or at least we hadn't been. Um, some of that's starting to change in some of these superhero shows and discussions. So I think it's very nuanced and, and much needed. So that's my list of things to check out. I'll put that in the show notes. But um, Jerome, Jarrett, I don't know who wants to go first. Um, what recommendations do you have of things to check out? Um, I'll lead off. So, so in terms of reading, I have been... So we've been focused on projects. So I haven't been reading. Um, I haven't been reading the sort of usual book I would read, but I've, there were these books from our childhood that I really got into. They're game books. Uh, the Lone Wolf series. Um, I have one here just for your benefit. So you can see. Ah, yes. This book, uh, Joe Deaver. He he wrote some crazy number of books, and I had them all when I was a kid. They're game books, sort of like Choose Your Own Adventure, um, but a little bit more uh, involved than that. Um, loving this. They reissued it here recently um, in a new hardback edition, and I'm working my way through these books. A uh, little bit of nostalgia for me, but they're great. You know, it's uh, a lot of fun. And that's the sort of reading I'm doing right now, just because I don't want to really we're working on other projects. And so I'm trying to stay focused on what we're creating. And so consuming uh, that kind of book in terms of um, now I say that, but then I'm, I'm listening. My oldest son uh, is listening to Project Hail Mary. Okay. The audio book by um, it's a book by Andy Weir. Um, he's listening to the audio book when I'm carting him around uh, we're listening to it together now, and uh, I've already read it, and it's fantastic. But to experience that book with him, um, he is so excited about every little part of it. And there, there's so many parts that I'm like, you just wait, you just wait. It's a great book. I don't know if you've read it, but it's a great book. And uh, check it out. The audio book in particular is fantastic. Um, and then what is uh, what am I watching? What am I watching? I'm watching The Last of Us. I'm really enjoying The Last of Us. I love the video game, both video game, both parts, and uh, they're doing a fantastic job with the series. I think um, an incredible job, really. I know nothing about the game, and I've been waiting for it to finish so I can just binge it all because I don't know that I will be able to wait week to week. So, I've I, I feel like I'm ducking and covering away from spoilers, but. <laughs> Not on say some wood right now. So so far so good. <laughs> yeah, you're in for a treat though. It's great. Awesome, uh, Jerome. How about you? What are you uh, uh, watching, reading, and/or listening to? Sure. Um, so reading. Uh, this is the one time I'm reading a nonfiction that, but but I think it's pretty interesting, and I was actually going to recommend it to to Jarrett. Um, there's this um, creator, Rick Rubin who's a record producer. And I mean, this is on the New York Times bestsellers right now, so probably people know about it, but his book called The Creative Act um, is out. And I just uh, saw some quotes come across my social media and I was like, hmm, that kind of sounds interesting. So I went ahead and bought the book <laughs> and and it is very interesting. It's what, what I'm finding interesting about it is he's a creative in recording and producing music and he's worked with, like every major artist, like I think Adele, um, and and back through history, you know, icons, right? So that's his his background. But the he's talking about just creating art, mm. almost to like any field. And um, I'm finding that very interesting, coming from a different field, reading about creativity. So uh, it it's kind of making me think. So I'm enjoying it so far, and I'm I'm just about um the first one third through that book though um so i'd recommend that as a reading um as far as watching i'm I, this isn't a family show but white lotus i've wow. recently discovered um and i'm hooked on that um what what i really like about it is the storytelling 
um, that I haven't experienced before. Like I was hooked from the first episode. It starts off with a little bit of a cliffhanger mystery um, that you're like, what? How's this going to end? And you can't imagine what's going to, you know, it, it does this thing where it starts off with this weird finale and then two weeks ago, and then it tells you how it, like what happened. Yeah. Um, so I, I found that to be super interesting. Um, and there's two seasons of that. So it's fully bingeable now, apparently. Um, that's news to my, or that's, that's, that's good news to my ears. So I'm excited. Yes. Yeah. And that's on, what is that's that? HBO, on? HBO as well. Yep. Yeah. And uh, that's it. Listening to, I don't know. Um, I mean, recently I was listening to this podcast. <laughs> well, there we go. That's a, that's a great suggestion. I, I think for anybody who's not listening right now, they could go listen. Wait a minute. Well, well, if you are listening to this, definitely keep sharing it. But yes, it's a fantastic recommendation. Uh, two thumbs up from this guy right here. So That's right. <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, Jerome, Jared, if people want to follow you and see what you're up to, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, best way would be probably our website. It's uh, Pumphrey Brothers or thepumphreybrothers.com. Um, we keep that pretty updated. Um, and then otherwise, it's just social media. We're both active on Instagram. Uh, I'm at I'm at J Pumphrey, and Jerome is at W J Pumphrey. Now everyone knows what that W means. Um, <laughs> uh, and then uh, same handles on Twitter, but uh, I think we're more active on Instagram than Twitter. I think we all are, if we're if we're being honest, um, or at least uh, the three of us are. I would say, you know, I say it as if I'm speaking collectively for the whole human race, but I'm not. I'm just speaking for the three of us in this Zoom room. Uh, <laughs> this has been a delight. Thank you both for coming on. I truly can't wait for y'all to come back on the show, book project or not, and we can just talk about life and making the world a better place because that's the whole point of this podcast. Jerome, Jarrett, thank you so much. Love it. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. Uh, listeners, you've been detoxing with Detox. Now go and make a more inclusive world. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Detox Podcast or visit detoxpodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com.